Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Well, uh, my name is Johanny Gomez. Uh, I've been training dogs pretty much all my life. Uh, my dad was a vet veterinarian and uh he instilled the uh, love for dogs basically at horses mm-hmm. uh, had horses when i was growing up too but you know obviously horses are a little bit more challenging to keep than than dogs and and um basically when i um i wanted to keep competing i wrestle and, and lifted weights in high school and i wanted to stay active and something that was physical and so when i was starting to uh you know visit dog shows and stuff like that i i discovered the the world of uh protection training mm-hmm. and start going to clubs and learning and seminars and stuff like that and it just developed there you know i was young 20 something learning and it hasn't stopped since you know so, most of them, um, you know, I always been partial to pit bulls and American bulldogs and bull breeds in the south. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's why a lot of the people that have those breeds, rare molasso bull breeds, uh, reach to reach me and come to me for training because. Uh, they're a little bit different than your typical Malinois, Shepherds, uh, Reeds, Border Collies, stuff like that, Labradors. Um, so um, uh, I always liked those breeds myself, but mm-hmm. I mean, I had, I had from, you know, from small uh, German Jack Terriers and Patterdales all the way up, Airedales. Argentine Dogos, uh, American Bulldog, Malinois Shepherds, um, Great Danes, um, Neils, you know, French Mastiffs, you name them, you know, and some I own and some I, and most, but most of them I train. Mm-hmm. And, and that, that led from one breed to the other, that they're sort of similar. Mm-hmm. People got to uh, know my work and then they invited me and I kept working all the breeds, full masters, be labrasileros, uh Roddy, of course. Uh, Roddy was some one some of the first ones that I worked. Um Dobermans, um Dutch Shepherds, uh, anything, anything. I even have pictures of working a, a blue tick coonhound in protection work. You know, which you don't you don't see it, obviously, but uh, that one that one had a little bit of the temperament to work and it worked mm-hmm. out better. You know, any any of them rare breeds, I work most of them. Mm-hmm. So, what are the some of the characteristics that make a, a good protection dog? 
They have to have it. Um, a lot of people think it has to do with temperament. I say not really. Temperament is something that you can mold. It has to do with character. The character of the dog is what makes him a protection dog. Mm -hmm. uh, if you're talking about personal protection, they need to be a little bit on territorial defensive side. And when I'm talking about defensive, a lot of people think, oh, the dog is spooky. You know, there's several grades of defensiveness in a dog. Uh, we're not, I'm not talking about the last part of the spectrum, which is like very nervous dog. Those are, you know, what we call fear biters. And those are just very nervous, insecure dogs. Mm -hmm. But they do need to have a little bit of defense and territorial drive to make them be possessive of their environment, of their area. And mm -hmm. that's what regular, a good personal protection dog. Mm -hmm. To the other dogs, they're basically dogs with a lot of drive for sport work. Um, they're just dogs that have a lot of prey drive and you develop the fight drive into them. Mm -hmm. Some of more than others. It just depends on the breed. It depends on the dog, even in, even in the breed itself. Not every single dog in the same breed behaves the same way. Mm -hmm. There are exceptions to that. Uh, mm -hmm. They do pull as a breed as itself. They work a certain way. They sh they act a certain way. But you're always going to have exceptions. Mm -hmm. uh, there are, that don't fit into that norm. Mm -hmm. but, but basically, what you look is for a dog with a strong temperament, strong character, and and then it's the bond between you know family or person and that and that animal mm -hmm. some of them are obvious like i said you know some of them will show that extreme one way or the other whether good or bad mm -hmm. out of them if you go into good top breeders a lot of them fall in the middle and now it becomes training mm -hmm. training you can do a lot and, and you can you the way you gear the training Mm -hmm. to make a dog a little bit more sporty we call it more sport work oriented or you can make it more of a personal dog personal mm -hmm. personal yeah it has a lot to do with what we call cross training a lot of the dogs that work in sport work you will also do a little bit of cross training so they can work also in real life real mm -hmm. You know, not just, you know, you see a sleeve or a bodysuit and the dog wants to work. No, they need to focus on on people, on, you know, not in just on, on equipment. Mm -hmm. So, but, uh, but yeah, there's some things that you can notice right away on um, some of them is how possessive they are. Some of them start growling and, and barking and not out of fear. They start showing you how bossy they are right mm -hmm. away mm -hmm. and that just gives you an idea it doesn't mean that they're better than their litter mates it just tells you that it's showing it earlier mm -hmm. you can have show it as early and still be as good as that puppy that is showing you that that early temperament mm -hmm. it, it, you know it's like humans they're all different yeah well basically there's several 
four or five sports all over the world when it comes to protection. You have basically the original one, which used to be called Schutzer, now they call it IPO, um, developed by the Germans. Um, and it's uh, sort of like the triathlon of uh, protection work because mm -hmm. it's you got a tracking portion, obedient portion, and protection. Mm -hmm. uh, it's done with a sleeve, and uh, it just tests different types of uh, character and temperament on the dog. It was made specially to to um, to have an idea of uh, select dogs that could work potentially work in police department mm -hmm. uh, when they started all those sports uh, uh, dogs working with with people have been around for thousands of years mm -hmm. but in in police environment has been only the last 100 years or so it's mm -hmm. not in, started maybe early 1900 mm -hmm. um it wasn't implemented before um but uh, so that's basically what IPO and Schutzen is. Then you have um, what is very popular right now, uh, the Dutch program in the KMPV. It's the same thing. It's different in the exercise, but it's the same thing. You're you're selecting and 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 checking out. Basically, it's a checkout process for dogs that can be used in police and military department. Most of those dogs that are sold to those departments are sold by individuals. They're not really dog brokers per se. Mm -hmm. But a lot of them in, in that country, they'll train their dog, title their dog, and then, you know, uh, they'll have people come and look at them and, and buy them from them. And then they'll start all over again with a pup. Mm -hmm. You know, um, they use a suit. Uh, their suit is different than typical, the most typical protection suits. Uh, it has double layer. Layer underneath it is leather. The layer on top of it is jute. And it's very thin and it's made that way specifically so the decoy can feel the pressure and the hardness of the bite that comes across when the dogs are biting. There's several exercises where the decoy reports to the judge how good the dog was working by himself with him mm -hmm. uh, and that type of suit lets you uh, judge that then you have uh, ring sport and basically ring sport has also obedience and protection uh, ring sport is a french uh, from province of uh, you know from french and belgium and they um most of the dogs in that uh in that sport they bite lower body legs because uh the point of uh of the sport is for the decoys to be they're very movable and so they try a lot of the exercises are skiving and trying to get away from the dog so they make it very difficult for the dog to engage and catch up to them mm -hmm. so uh the suits even though they have a pretty good padding they're very flexible so the decoys can be able to move almost like if they don't have anything on. 
Um, and most, of, like I said, most of the dogs bite, especially at the higher levels. They need mm-hmm. to bite to be successful. They need to bite uh, the lower portion of the of the body, just because it's harder for a person to give or move away their legs than it mm-hmm. does the upper upper body. All you do is, you know, mm-hmm. the up last minute you can move, and there it goes. And so in their and their critique, you will lose points if the decoy can get away from the dog. Mm-hmm. The space he can create between him and the dog, the more points the dog will lose. Mm-hmm. So why they they bite legs. Mm-hmm. You also have the Belgian program with uh, MBBK dogs. Uh, I, to me, it's one, one of my favorites. Uh, mm-hmm. The dogs have a lot of, it's, well, again, obedience and protection. Um, and But they have a lot of control where the dog, and a lot of times, have to think for himself and control himself and know when to react and when not to react. Mm-hmm. So a lot of scenarios where very close, close contact, but mm-hmm. the dog have to think for himself a lot and obviously it comes with training mm-hmm. but um they 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 tease them and and do different things to make them jump the gun so to speak and then and then the dog have to bite when it's supposed to when it's required mm-hmm. to protect um they can bite upper body or lower body depending you know some clubs in belgium train the lower body some mm-hmm. clubs train but most of them 75 percent 80 percent of them train for the upper body mm-hmm. uh by then you still got um now there's some more uh you you got a variation of the mvvk program called mondial ring and mondial is basically a melt of French ring, Belgium, and so uh, he uses a little bit of both sports with their own unique style, mm-hmm. control, the guarding of the uh, uh, objects um, that they have in ring sport, that they have in KMPV. Obviously, they all have their version of it. So mm-hmm. you will see that if you if you watch any of the sports uh, uh, sports that I'm mentioning, but uh, but it's basically the same principle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for guarding the object, it, it could be anything. It could be a suitcase. It could be a basket. Whatever they want to, and then they'll have different patterns. For mm-hmm. and it has a lot to do with. Um, how they develop those patterns and that those techniques is basically a lot of the traditional work that the dogs were work you know they were meant to do back in the days when when that uh those sports were being developed mm-hmm. some of the stuff and people ask me all the time why they do you know a basket you know for example like well back then we didn't have grocery bags. 
you know, you had basket and you, that's how you went to the store. You bought eggs, you bought milk, uh, bread, you know, so they're going back from way, way back then. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and it stayed as a tradition. And, and that's how they use it. Now, um, here in the States, um, they have several smaller federations. One they call PSA. And like I said, it's a blend of the Mondial Ring and French Ring. Uh, KMPB style training, basically, they just had their own version and their own style and their own different exercise, um, more to the American style type of training. Mm -hmm. Those are basically the 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 main ones that they have. You know, different places you have a you will have a personal protection tournaments that they, they're getting more popular now with people that have dogs and they don't want to go through that strict criteria that mm-hmm. you have in the so-called title protection sports. Um, a lot of people, they deviate from shirts and just or IPO just because of the tracking portion. You know, very mm-hmm. few people you know, um, track with their dogs. It, there's no need to. Uh, so most of them try to go the other sports where there's obedience and protection mm-hmm. and and tracking to a lot of them is boring you know they yeah. don't understand it so it's, mm-hmm. it's boring it's not as exciting as seeing a nice protection dog a nice obedience dog mm-hmm. but that's, those are basically the main sports all over the world um, here in the states um, just show, I just joined a Federation that is working very closely with a KMPB program in Holland called APA, mm-hmm. and it has some some Dutch people that live here and they contribute to that, that um, to that federation. They're basically working the same ex- exercise, the same way that they do in KMPB, except for a couple of a couple of exercises are missing. Um, but other than that, it's exactly the same thing that you will see in a KMPV program mm-hmm. in Holland. So, but yeah, but those are basically the main ones. Right. And do you still compete or do you still train dogs to compete in those sorts of things? I haven't competed in a long time just because of, you know, family life. My kids been growing up and all that. Mm-hmm. I'm planning to start competing in the next year or so. I got a new dog right now. A Malinois that uh, he's young, he's only 14 months, and I'm messing around with him, and hopefully I'll start titling him soon in the next year or so. Um, I train a lot of dogs in the protection portion that kept on getting title. They started with me when they were young, and then when they decided that they wanted the title, the people joined clubs and, and finish there. Mm-hmm. I competed when I was younger, and some of them, I competing in a lot of um, just regular protection tournaments because they were yeah. fun. Um, Bulldog Federation had uh, what they call uh, the Iron Dog program. And the Iron Dog is basically dog compete for fun. It's yeah. more testing uh, their natural ability. And it started in, in Bulldogs, but now any dog competes. Okay. You know, 
basically it has three like sort of like a triathlon also you have a sprint race from point a to point b to see you know how fast your dog can run mm -hmm. you have a hard hitting portion to see how hard a dog can hit a, a decoy from a distance certain distance mm -hmm. and then you have a weight pool okay so, so the dog can do three different things and then they add the scores at the end just like nascar by accumulating points mm -hmm. to who who wins uh, at the end mm -hmm. uh, and that's a lot of fun though that and um with the iron dog program is a lot of fun for a lot of people that want to start and they don't have a lot of uh experience with training dogs mm -hmm. and, and competing and it gives them that bug to okay i tried this i was successful at it let me keep going on and do something a little bit harder because mm -hmm. a lot of uh new handlers are intimidated when they see ipo work they're like no there's no way my dog can do that or i can do that you know so that's very intimidating but you know by it so there's a lot of smaller programs like that some of them are started in a club Pacific Breed Club mm -hmm. has branched into um, into all the breeds that can compete also, mm -hmm. and so um, you know, and and it's easier titles. It's basically testing more the the natural temperament of the specific breed and or breeds that are similar to them, and mm -hmm. and then they 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 start you know. Then they start getting more and more and more involved, and it, it takes a lot of dedication. Mm -hmm. Anything right. that you want to do, it doesn't matter whether you want to play chess, to um, you want to run marathon. It takes dedication, mm -hmm. and some people have, because of life or whatever, have certain amount of time to dedicate to that mm -hmm. activity. Not everybody can do that super high uh, competition. Mm -hmm. A lot of time, it takes a lot of hours. An IPO dog will take you a minimum of 10,000 hours of training. Mm -hmm. You break that down, that's a lot of, that's a lot of years to mm -hmm. get that. So uh, that's just to give you an idea in, in that particular sport. But, um, but yeah, they have different stuff smaller um competition like that that people can get involved in and then if they want to keep progressing they 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 can't and 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 have fun have fun with your dog uh, mm -hmm. have your dog active um i see a lot of change in our culture where they want our dog just to be a pet and be a couch potato and that's all against uh, the nature of the dog the dog needs to work otherwise they become destructive Mm -hmm. They were not made to be pets. Yeah, Chihuahuas, little dog shit, stuff like that were pets. But the majority of the dogs that were working breeds mm -hmm. that work, they become destructive, and that's how they end up in shelters. Really, uh, they have it. It's their body that cannot catch up. Yeah. yeah, I had bulldogs, English bulldogs, for years, and I had what is called oldies. Oh, yeah, yeah. They're more athletic and they're healthier. And that's the original bulldog work like that. Mm -hmm. 
what happened was once the shows start developing and getting more popular, and the shows basically started in England, mm-hmm. now women wanted to show the dogs. And I'm not I'm not trying to yeah. say anything. Saying more people the regular show wasn't just the only one showing their dogs, but women, kids. So they wanted something to be more docile and not so aggressive that they can control. Mm-hmm. Start changing the what the breed was, not only on them, but a lot of them. A lot of them were more aggressive. And now when you have a dog show, everybody wants to come and, and grab their mouth, their teeth, and all that. You couldn't do that with dogs that were used more for guard work. Typical bull mastiff. You know, bull mastiffs. I remember in the old standard, well, I was talking to somebody about this uh, the other day, is in the standard, it tells you when you're judging them, don't look straight into their eyes. Because that's a sign of them to come after you, you know. Mm-hmm. Or now it's like, what do you want? You know, you're looking at me. And that was what uh, a, a real good bull master was back in the days, you know. So, so they ha- they had to tame them down to be able to show. And in the process, I think they went too far sometimes. You know, they could have found a happy medium. Uh, and not go so far, but that's just, you know, society. Anything to the extreme is bad, one way or the other. Yeah. You take, you take uh, uh, an aspirin. Mm-hmm. Aspirin is good for you. You take mm-hmm. one, it helps with circulation. Mm-hmm. Right? It helps for to prevent heart disease. Mm-hmm. You, 20 a day, you end up with an ulcer that opens a hole in your stomach. So mm-hmm. anything in... You know, anything extreme is bad for you. You're talking about the bull terrier. A lot of people don't understand that. And I had a lot of bull terriers that I worked. Mm-hmm. And I'll post some pictures once I go through it. A lot, yeah, a lot yeah. of that I come, like the ones I posted today with my Argentine Dogo, I think it's not, you know, 20 years ago. So yeah. everything, you know, a picture that I took yeah. with disposable camera, and now I'm taking a picture with my phone. To show them off. What a lot of people don't understand, especially in the bull terrier, is that that dome, by them creating that dome, besides all the health issues that you're talking about, uh, indirectly, they have spread into them a neurological disorder. You're going to see a lot of bull terriers that spin around chasing their own tail, that they bite their paws. You know, that's a neurological disorder that they have because they didn't screen for healthier dogs. All they were looking was, let's make that head more impressive. Mm-hmm. And when they did that, they bred inferior animals. Mm-hmm. So that's the problem that you have with the bull. Bull terriers are terrible mothers. Mm-hmm. They, don't kill, they don't kill their own puppies. Mm-hmm. No, you, you crossbreed them do a pit bull and get a little bit of the bull terrier out of it. And now you have excellent mom. One out of 10 is a good mom. I've seen them where they give them birth and they eat them right after giving birth. Wow. You know, it's 
Uh, I was uh, reading the other day uh, uh, a special on Neapolitan masters. And I didn't even know this. The people in Europe, they, they get the puppies from Neo and they put them with Beagle females. So the Beagle females raises them because they're terrible mothers. Mm-hmm. They have bred the Neos, which I love the breed, but the old stuff, not mm-hmm. the stuff we got now, all hanging, you know, wrinkles and all that. Um, they'll, they're clumsy, you know. And when you breed for that exaggeration or that extreme, you breed all this other problems into it that you don't even realize that you're breeding mm-hmm. in because you're just breeding for a look. And what a lot of people don't understand is that temperament, uh, working drive in a dog, you lose it in one generation. You lose it right away. Confirmation, you can fix it in one generation. So you'd rather have the working ability, then later you can, with the dogs that are working, if you want certain color, certain the head a little bit bigger, a bigger, taller, bigger dog. You get that in one generation. But, but, and, and, and it's easier to keep. For look, it's easier to keep. But temperament, you lose it right away. Mm-hmm. Ability, you're going to lose it right away. If you're not breeding, I don't care if you're breeding dogs out of working parents. If you don't test those dogs and you just go in off pedigree, which a lot of people do, and they think, oh, my dogs don't need to be tested. I, I've been, you know, everybody else did the work before you. But mm-hmm. you don't know that puppy that you kept and, you you know, has what it takes if you don't, if you don't test them. And, and whatever you're going to do with them, you know, you're going to do protection. You know, people have greyhounds. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I'll put you an easier, better example. Blood dogs. Let dogs they all run. Mm-hmm. Be competitive. You know, you have to be breeding a specific gene pool mm-hmm. over, you know, the best of the best to be able to keep them at that speed. You mm-hmm. know, uh, that eighty percent that you want of them uh, to be able to be competitive, and it goes with everything. You need to be able to test your dogs. Whatever you do in Labrador, you know, people buy Labradors and they think because they bought a Labrador that they have a dog that can they can naturally retrieve. And some of them are dumber than a nail, you know, just because not everybody that breeds Labrador have bred good working Labradors. Mm-hmm. They have one of the biggest problems with hip dysplasia. Mm-hmm. And I love the Labrador breed. I, I like watching them compete in retrieving trials. If you notice, dogs of that bloodline are completely different. Yeah, they look like Labradors, but they're different if you start really paying attention to them uh, than, uh, than the typical pet Labrador, Irish settlers, English settlers. You know, they breed for the longer hair show type dog, where you see a field Irish settler. Yes, they're Irish, right? but they're not so, I guess you could say, so fancy looking. But they're, they're, to me, they're still beautiful. You know, but uh, 
but yeah, when you anything that you breathe for the extreme is always bad. I always try to work them in their natural drive. A lot of the so-called trainers, they push dogs because uh, people out there, they don't know any better. They see a dog biting and they think, oh, my dog is biting. He must be good. Well, a lot of dogs are biting out of fear. They're not well equipped up here to be good protection dogs. Mm-hmm. But everybody's looking after the money and the quick gratification. Mm-hmm. And you got to be careful where you go and train. So I always try to work the dogs in, the, in their natural drive. Mm-hmm. And bring drive. And then you, you have to balance them. Some of them are going to have more prey than defense. Some of them are more defensive and they have less prey. Mm-hmm. And you need to sort to be, you know, to have a more complete dog. Are they all going to be superstars? Uh, it's just like people. Mm-hmm. You know, horses. Not every thoroughbred can be a Kentucky Derby winner. Mm-hmm. Right. Know? Or just a regular state, comp- you know, winner, racer. But, uh, but you can always make them better. Um, situations, uh, you know, not everybody can have a certain type of dog with a strong temperament. Mm-hmm. A lot of people tell me, I want a guard dog. I'll tell you, 99% of the people do not really want a real guard dog. A real guard dog is very hard. You have to be on him all the time to be a liability. Mm-hmm. A lot of people want a dog that does protection. And, and naturally, they're going to be protective and territorial at home. That's all they really want. But most of them, they want basically like a sports dog that they can have. They can compete. They can take them out as social, you know. But some of the of the real protection guard dog breeds, they're a little bit by nature antisocial. Mm-hmm. And, and they're edgy, mm-hmm. you know, makes them that breed. That's that's what they were developed to for, you know, and, and not everybody can have that. Like, like I said, nine out of 10, uh, think they want that. And then when they have it, oh, it becomes too much. Right. First of all, you got to look at what environment they're going to live. The person that lives in 20 acres by himself doesn't need the same dog that the person that lives in a suburb, in a subdivision, um, uh, you know, with four kids, it's a different type of dog, you know. So you work them accordingly to their needs. Mm-hmm. You always try to keep that balance. Um, the dog that is in a, in a shop, for instance, that somebody owns them and they take care of them, but they want them to guard their garage shop. For example, mm-hmm. they need a different dog than the person that wants to take the dog out for a walk and take him to the park and all that. It needs a different temperament dog. Mm-hmm. Not equipped for that. And you see that all the time over and over again with people in dog parks, so called. <laughs> you have a pit bull. Chances are. You're going to end up in a scuffle somewhere. I mean, 
Let's just let you know, because it doesn't matter. And now you see all these people with so-called American bullies and all that. You cannot change 2,000 years of primal instinct in a couple of generations. Yeah. And you're going to have dogs, obviously, like I said before, that don't fit the rule. You know, they're going to be very outgoing or whatever. But most of the time, even if they behave, even they're, you know, under control, another, all they need is an opportunity. Another dog jumps at them, and they don't have to start it, but he triggers it. And now they'll escalate a little bit for, further than, than a typical shepherd, you know, just being bossy, or a Labrador, or a poodle, just being bossy with other dogs, just you know, trying to trying to create a pecking order in that environment of the park. You know, uh, I'll play with this toy. You leave my toy alone. No, <laughs> you know, the pit bull, even though I've never been involved or American Bulldogs or Neos, any of the breeds, even though they never had an altercation before, all it takes is that little incident to trigger it. And then they go back to what what's been bred to, to them, what they were bred for. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, yeah that's, uh, that's one of the biggest problems that you're going to have. You've got to look at the surrounding, what their lifestyle is, and then you try to train them accordingly and balance that work. Mm -hmm. What are what are some of the uh, good family protection breeds out there that you've worked with? There's plenty of them. Um, like the typical Shepherds, Malinois, Dutch Shepherds, American Bulldog, Neo, English Master, Bull Master. All the breeds are working breeds. Houser's, mm -hmm. Bouvier's, very good dogs. Mm -hmm. uh, um, it has, the breeding itself, like I said, it all depends on your lifestyle. If you live in condominium with a very small, what we call zero lot line, very small area, a Great Dane is going to be uncomfortable there, unless you can provide them with adequate walks and all that. But still, mm -hmm. a Great Dane will be knocking things over, you know. Mm -hmm. Have a patio furniture and stuff like that. Okay, but other than that, um, any of the working breeds are good with family. That was they were made for. Now the biggest challenge is finding a breeder that breeds true to what right. a breeder. You know, mm -hmm. and that's that's I think that's more of a challenge than anything else. You know, a lot of people breed that they shouldn't be breeding dogs to begin with. Mm -hmm. A lot of breeds have gone in the way of how they look, and mm -hmm. people are attracted to them because of a certain look. Mm -hmm. They never had those breeds to begin with. All right. And I think that that's the biggest, a bigger issue than just you know. Like I said, you can have um, a bull mastiff as long as get a good bred bull mastiff, they're going to protect you. Uh, 
the only difference is compared to, let's say, a, a German Shepherd. Now, do you like long hair? Do you like short hair? Okay, mm -hmm. up with a slobber from a bullmaster. All that comes into issues, you know. If you ever remember the movie, if you ever seen in the Turner and Hooch? Yeah. Even though a lot of the stuff was even exaggerated more for the movie, they do slobber. When they mm -hmm. eat and they drink water, they slobber. You know, mm -hmm. when they their heads, it goes all over the place. Yes, that, that happens. You're going to have, you know, a giant schnauzer is cleaner because of the way it's built. So, but then they have more hair. Mm -hmm. What are you willing to, to deal with on a regular basis as a lifestyle is basically what determines what breed you will like. But all, all those breeds, and I, I'm just mentioning the more popular ones. Right, right. They any, they're more or any less than, than, uh, than other breeds. You know, I had my Argentine Dogos, they were very good. Um, it just, um, it, it depends. It depends on, like I said, your lifestyle. But they're all good. As long as you get it from a reputable breeder that is working, mm -hmm. that you can see, uh, you know, what they produce and the, what they're working with and, and go from there. All right. Definitely. Um, what breeds do you currently own now? You own a Melanois, anything else? I have a Malinois. I just got as a personal protection dog. And here we go again to the same thing that we're talking about, what requires. A Malinois is an excellent, excellent dog, but with too much drive for inside home. Now, I have seen people that get along real good with Malinois, and, and, and those are individuals. But as a breed itself, they're just full of energy. So to me, it doesn't make it ideal to be an inside dog for me. Mm -hmm. So now I just picked up, um, like I said, I still like bulldogs. They can they can have the drive, but they can they can mm -hmm. mellow out too. They have that that off switch, mm -hmm. and um, and that's what I prefer for my family. Dog that has short hair, that can chill with them when they want to, that if I take them to work, they work. Uh, they're naturally, um, the breed that I picked, uh, I, I had my American Bulldog 20 something years. Uh -huh. I picked the creation of it. I'll show you what she looks like. It's uh, I call it an Alapaha Bulldog. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And she was sleeping, but uh, there's my new puppy here. Oh, beautiful. Yeah, and it comes from very reputable breeders here in Georgia. Yeah. Uh, um, and uh, John and Lynn Rogers, and uh, they breed excellent dogs with okay. a little bit edgier than a regular right. American bulldog. Uh -huh. uh, they're more protective. Okay. That I didn't need to spend a lot, a lot of time showing them how to be protection dogs. They're yeah. naturally protective. And that's what I wanted for my kids. Yeah. Know? I like the feelers. Uh-huh. Work a lot of them. But the feelers are way too big for me to have. Right. Some people have no problems with having them at home. And I have five acres. But, uh, my baby. Uh, but, but I prefer something medium. Yeah. You know, that still have the size and the power to, uh, if they 
work. Uh, but I like something like that. They can kill when they have to. They can, I, you know, she sleeps with us. And obviously, she's a puppy. But, um, you know, when she's inside the house, yeah, a typical puppy will play and so forth, all that. But it's not the same the same activity level that a, a puppy Malinois will. Yeah. You know? And that's just me. That's my preference. It's, you, you know, any somebody else can do fine with a Malinois inside a yeah. Shepherd or a German Shepherd. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it all depends on, like I said, your your requirements and what and what you like. You know? Yeah. Um. A lot of them. Uh, some of them do more limited with. Uh, I don't know if you familiar with a Donovan Pincher. Yes, yes. Donovan developed them. Um, also, uh, the band dogs are very good. But again, you got so many wishy-washy people that get into it and they think, like the band dog program. Um, if you talk to most of them, they think, oh, put a neo female to a pit bull. Yeah. That's most of them start like that bull mastiff to a pit, English mastiff crosses to whatever. Uh, but now you also got to take into account you're talking about breeds. So you're going into a book, basically, you're breeding on theory. Mm-hmm. And my biggest problem with all these people. But are the quality of the animals that you're breeding together, are they good enough? Right. Don't just get the first kneel that you somebody gave you and mm-hmm. breed it a pit bull. And mm-hmm. now crazy dogs and now all oh, the band dogs are bad. No. You know, the band dog program, the people that do band dog real band dog program breeding, mm-hmm. very, very good. You know? But mm-hmm. again, we go back to the same thing. You need to to go to somebody to that know knows what they're doing, not just mm-hmm. bring dogs to sell a puppy, mm-hmm. you know. And they'll use that name to to get that point across, you know. And uh, it's not the same, you know. I've seen in the Alapajas themselves, it's only maybe two or three breeders in the country, and John and Lynn are are one of them. Um, that I will trust to get a puppy from. Everybody else, they're just breeding fancy colors. Right. You know, and that's just, that's just some one breed. And uh, Talking about the band dogs, the same thing. It, it, you got to be careful where you get your dog from, you know. Yeah. And even, even the people that breed uh, and know what they're doing, you're going to end up with a bad puppy here or there. Right. And it just happens if. If everything was so simple, genetics are such a mystery still, even though mm-hmm. we learned the last 20 or 30 years. Mm-hmm. I always said if, if if it was so simple, everybody would have a Kentucky Derby winner. Right. You know, it's not that simple. Mm-hmm. There's Absolutely. a lot of consideration when it comes to genetically. But mm-hmm. yeah, I, I, I like the man dog. Mm-hmm. I like all breeds. I just, you know, I have more problems with the people that I have. Right. Them. Yeah. You know, bull terrier program. You know, in Europe they have very good bull terrier. The ones I had here, um, 
guy in California that hunts a lot with them. Yeah, yeah. Has a lot, of, a lot of good working bull terriers. You know, and it's the same thing. You know, but you got to know where you where you're getting your dog from. Um, they don't have the size. I had Patterdales a long time. They're very game greedy dogs. Um, you probably see me in the future messing around with some of them, the Jack Terriers. Yeah. Um, and I'll do protection just for the fun of it. Can they be a good turn dog? Um, like I say, inside a car, you get off in the gas station and you leave, you know, say a, a woman goes to a gas station and has a little Jack Terrier and she leaves her purse inside. Yeah, I mean, they'll, they'll act up, they'll get very territorial and it'll be stupid for anybody to try to stick their hand in there, you know. Basically, they don't have the size and mm -hmm. the stopping power um, that uh, that bigger breeds do. Mm -hmm. And I don't dogs basically like um, like um, like I compare um, dogs. Uh, dogs are basically more of intimidation. A lot of the breeds, um, unless you're on drugs or something, you're not going. If you see a big Neil inside a car, you're not going to approach that car. No. Intimidation is is a big factor, and the bigger breeds are intimidate a lot more than uh, than the smaller dogs. That's just that's just nature. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, I always, like I said, I always compare them to the difference between somebody like, uh, like, uh, like Lee and Hulk Hogan. Yeah. You know, Bruce Lee is more deadly, but Hulk Hogan being bigger, for example, more intimidating. Yeah. You know, so intimidation in dogs is, is a big, big factor. You know, with a good Rottweiler. You know, they intimidate a lot of people, just, you know, their size alone. Mm -hmm. But, but yeah, but that's a, a lot of, you know, bull terriers are not very big. By nature, mm. pound for pound, to me, bull terriers have the hardest biting. Okay. Um, when you get a good bull terrier, and it's a smaller dog that you can, uh, they're easier to have like inside a house or an apartment you can't beat them you mm -hmm. know? have a good working bull terrier mm -hmm. they're on it's a size that will be more of a you know men stopper basically mm -hmm. anything smaller than a bull terrier they're just a nuisance even though they want to work and they they probably will get you off the game they just don't have the size for you know yeah a regular human being Mm -hmm. um, to uh, to be any serious threat, right? I just um, you know people are getting into all this protection stuff. That do the research, you know. Go with. I see a lot of uh, anybody can buy a sleeve or a bodysuit now online, half the price, and call himself a trainer. You know, do your research. You know, just because you bought a stethoscope doesn't make you a doctor. Right, and um, that's a, a to me that's the biggest problem that I see in the protection world. 
Yeah. Um, do your research when you pick in your breed. You know, you're going to have a dog for the next 10 to 14, 15 years. Mm-hmm. You know? And and enjoy it and, 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 and get him involved in something. Even if you don't like the protection work, get him involved in something. Dogs need to be working. Mm-hmm. Taking them out for, to the park all the time. Mm-hmm. They're pack animals. They need to be around all the pack members, whether it's another dog or, or humans. Right. You know, they don't see us like we see them. That's the biggest problem that I see with people. They humanize animals, you know. Right. But my dog is my baby. No, we lo- love our animals. You respect mm-hmm. animals. You know, they see us as a pack member. They don't see us as, oh, you own me. Mm-hmm. They don't care about that, you know. So as long as you know that the nature of what, you know, of what a dog is supposed to be and you treat it with respect and love and, and, and you know, and exercise them and training, you shouldn't have any problem. And like I said, just take your time and pick, you know, somebody that knows what they're doing. Because there's a lot of fly-by-night people now, trainers, that, and I've seen them. I've seen people. I've been training for the public since 1990. Uh, a lot of people that I saw in the 90s, a lot of people that I've seen in late 2000s, you know, you know, we're 2019, they're not around now. Mm-hmm. So just be careful. And that's just me and uh, in locally, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, be careful what, you know, and if you're not, if you're not sure, get a second opinion. Go and see different people. Mm-hmm. Especially when you have rare breeds uh you know a lot of people specialize more in the herding breeds, you know or the roddies the doberman mm-hmm. all the bull molasso master breeds they're a different animal mm-hmm. you have to yes they're still dogs they still get fleas they still got four legs the ones that are born with four legs Obviously, but they got a tail, they bark, but breed have they behave different. You know, mm-hmm. uh, a bulldog doesn't have the same retrieve drive than an Labrador does. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, anyways, um, just uh, make sure that you do your homework and and get your dog that. Do you comfortable that will fit your lifestyle? Mm-hmm. It's basically going back to my family. I was, I was born in Cuba and came when I was 11. But my dad always talked about um, the dogs that they use in the farm over there. And basically, they were nothing more than what you know now as a pretty much as a Spanish Alanos, mm-hmm. which is a Spanish bulldog style, you know, mm-hmm. of work. Um, I just started messing with him a while back to sort of recreate the same thing that my, or my family had. They had a, mm-hmm. they had 500 acres uh, dairy farm, and they bought. And this was in the 50s. And this is just going by my dad. Obviously, they, they don't have pictures back then. Mm-hmm. You know, especially you know, it was just a hassle just to take a family picture. 
Right. Yeah. Now it's so easy just to you pick up your phone and take a picture. <laughs> yeah. You know? Um, so let alone take a picture of a dog. You know? Right. Basically what they did was uh, when my family brought specific cattle to Cuba, they uh, they imported a dog from the Canary. And my grandparents are from the Canary Islands. Okay. Mm -hmm. They call him, back then they just call him Perro de Presa, you know. And uh, there was none of this dog canario and none of the stuff that they call them now, you know. And and basically they were gripping dogs to control the cattle. The same, it's funny, different places in the world, the more things change, the more they stay the same. Right, right. You have similar breeds that do the same type of work in different places of the world, and they they look the same, basically. Yeah, yeah. It, so you have the Azores in um, in Portugal. Mm -hmm. You have the Alanos in uh, Spain and the Canary Islands. Um, Azores is another is an island in Portugal. But uh, mm -hmm. you got you got uh, in Uruguay the Cimarron Uruguayo. Mm -hmm. They're similar. They yeah, all look yeah. They, yeah, they were all the same back in the day. The the original filas were from the Cuban bloodhounds that oh. went to Brazil. Brazil, mm -hmm. um, and they were the same cattle dogs. The same thing that you see with uh, black mouth curs. Mm -hmm. Um, they all did the same type of work. Work cattle is a different type of work than what border collie does. Collie mm -hmm. more precise. Or have you ever seen a, a, a cur dog working in a, a, a carahula? They work in a different style of, uh, of work. And so what happened in Cuba was the same thing that happened in Florida. Um, you can't throw a lasso in bushes. So you need those type of dogs to put the heat on the, on the bull or the cow, the cattle, to get them out of the bushes because when they grow, when they basically grow wild, that you're not, you're not, you're not interacting with them, they become as wild as a deer. Mm -hmm. they, they revert back to nature. Mm -hmm. So you need to have dogs that can be, well, you have to deworm them. You have to, you know, they have to be, uh, you know, let's say one of them got cut or, you know, you have to doctor them. You And they they hiding in those bushes. You can't throw a lasso. You know, a lot of people think, they talk about lassos and and uh, and um, and cowboys. That's something from the Midwest when everything is open desert. But here, you can Georgia, Florida, Mississippi, Alabama. Mm -hmm. uh, is it, a different type of uh, terrain. Mm -hmm. So either you need dogs that are a little bit more physical to get the 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 cattle out of out of the bushes, or you need to be able to hold them. You can get off the horse, put them on them, go back to your horse and put them out. Mm -hmm. and, and, and that's the type of dogs that, uh, that, that, were used, that have been used all over the world. And, right. and my family being, you know, my grandfather, like I said, was born in, and uh, he was born in La Gomera, one of the islands in Canary Island. And, um, and so they already had you know, from family over there, they already knew the type of dogs that they 
they, they did that work. And so when they imported the, the cattle, they imported dogs that can help them that. Now, what happened was the original stuff was too aggressive. So they, instead of working, they were destroying, you know, they had to take care, you know, they were ripping off the ears and all that. So what they did was they mixed them with the, already the herding dogs that they had there to give them a little bit more of the of, of that uh, power that they needed. Another thing that a lot of people don't think about is uh, pain sensitive. Mm-hmm. A lot of dogs want to work, but they don't. Uh, if they don't have the pain tolerance, mm-hmm. get th- step on or they get kicked on, they'll quit. Mm-hmm. Another breed that I I really enjoy and watch them all the time is uh, I don't know if you've seen them, but called uh, Hanging Tree Cattle Dogs. No, oh. and uh, it's a mixture of four breeds, but basically. All they did was uh, develop a, a super cattle dog uh, to work cattle. Because when you work cattle and work sheep, you're two different animals. Mm-hmm. Intimidating as a cow is. Mm-hmm. And when a cow is wild, uh, that's, a different, that's a different story. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so you, need, you need that dog that has that pain tolerance that can take the, the punishment and keep working. Do you want him to get hurt? No, you don't want him to get hurt, but it's going to happen. You know, they push around. They're going to be, you know, run over and you don't want him to quit. You know, that's all you have, you know, to help Mm -hmm. you. So uh, that's basically what it was. And what I did was uh, I had a few specimens where what I did was um, there were crosses of of herders with uh, pressas. The mm-hmm. press out of working, working line. I, I wasn't breeding to show dogs, and the herds the same Dutch Shepherds and Malinois. Um, obviously, now the work is different because I was still, I'm not, I'm not raising cattle. So, and the dog, the dogs that I was breeding are dogs that have done more gear toward protection. Right. But it was basically me messing around and 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 basically paying a little bit of tribute to what the dogs that my family had. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I still have Loba here with me. She's eight years old and uh, wow. eight, and she's a great dog. Um, again, the same thing. She's calm. You don't even know she's here until somebody shows up. Great with my kids. Um, she didn't grow up with them. I got her. She was a year and a half, or eighteen months, something like that. And she's been perfect, you know. But um, but is that she's a combination? Uh, a combination, basically, what they call F ones. Mm-hmm. Mom is a Dutch Shepherd. Her dad is a presser. Awesome. Uh, she'll catch hogs when I used to have some hogs. Um, dust protection. So. I was just messing around and and basically what what uh going back basically to a farm utility type dog. Mm-hmm. Uh, now dogs are very specific, you know. Even the hunting dog. Back then, uh, the old style uh, shepherd uh, farm shepherds, they can herd and they can go and they can you can go and take them hunting and 
and coon hunt or squirrel hunt and and get a you know get something for your for the family to eat mm-hmm. they can be used to gather the cow and and milk them and whatever so um that's just basically what i was doing with him um did i keep going with it no because it's just too too time consuming and and money wise and like i said my you know my personal life with my family now takes a lot of time out of me yeah. I'll have a dog here or there, but that's just basically what it was, you know, more tribute mm-hmm. to family than anything else. And, mm-hmm. uh, and, 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 and they're different from the Cuban bloodhound. The Cuban bloodhound was just basically a band dog, right. which, you know, to, to control slaves, you know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, um, but, uh, where this was more, the the regular, country folks needing a dog to work mm-hmm. you, know? mm-hmm. and you look at um civil war in cuba when they were importing all the cattle from 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 tampa and florida south florida area a lot of them cur dogs went over there okay they had uh we in cuba and a lot of the spanish country we call them perro criollo criollo means local dog you know, but they were all like that, brown with a black muzzle. And to us, we thought, uh, you know, growing up, they were much. And then you see them doing extraordinary things in the farm, and you're like, well, I mean, you know, they learn it or whatever. And you don't pay attention when you're a kid. You know, later on, you're researching. The cattle went to Cuba to for the war. The dogs came with them in those in those. Um, Call them uh, the type of boats that they used to have uh, ferry with a yeah. ferry. They were type of ferry, you know, mm-hmm. where they're flat and they they, they have you mm-hmm. know they just you know load all the cattle there. Mm-hmm. That, you know, so um, so those dogs ended up in Cuba, you know. So and and that's just basically it. What that's what they had. They had a sort of like a mixture of uh, shepherds with cur dogs. And then they brought the pressers and they gave mm-hmm. them a little power and pain tolerance to be able to work the cattle. That was mm-hmm. so rough to work, you know. I remember going 70. I was nine years old, eight years old. And my cousins that were older, teenagers, I couldn't go with them. Obviously, my, my family didn't want. I was visiting. My brother and I were visiting. And... We were we were we were visitors, you know. We were guests, so God forbid they put us on a horse. And my mom found out that I fought, I fell off a horse somewhere. <laughs> they will go and and gather gather uh, cattle for three or four days. They'll take you know, mm-hmm. like they did here back in early 1900s. You wouldn't see them for four days. For a week they'll be gone. My my uncle and my my cousins, you know working with a cow and you know they, they take their dogs with them back and, and back when i was when in the 70s all they had was like shepherd crosses you know mm-hmm. all that all that old stuff was gone but uh yeah that's what that's what they did with them. oh that's awesome yeah i like that thank you for uh sharing that um well wrap it up here and i'll you know maybe in a, in a month or so we can kind of touch base again and talk more about dogs i uh really appreciate this and this is the kind of stuff that when i search the internet i, I want to listen to somebody with 
with your knowledge and your experiences. So, um, you know, in two or three months, if you're available again, uh, I'd, I'd appreciate it. Well, okay. Yeah, you know, and I, I had a good time, and I, and thanks for sharing your, your time. And, and I hope you have a good rest of your uh, Saturday. Thank you. And I'll start sh sharing in, in your group uh, some training videos and stuff yeah. like that. Pictures more. Yeah. With all this rare breed, you know, so um, so people get to see a little.